Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. everybody and welcome back to squat cobbler this is kelly at k-e-l-l-y-t-h-u-l on twitter and instagram and i am dr mike at official pagan on everything and before you guys listen one second further make sure you like and subscribe hit notifications on whatever platform you're enjoying this program and i'm gonna try i've been unsuccessful so far but on the youtube versions of these i'm gonna try to already have the subscribe button up there for them to click or have it magically appear as you begin to share that information with folks so we'll see how it goes but none of our videos do that yet but maybe soon we'll see we're We're getting there all right special episode we are as we as this podcast gets released it will be the friday of the release of episode eight of the mandalorian in our previous show where we talked about disney plus and streaming we warned you that we were going to talk a little bit more about the mandalorian and that would be today so we're going to talk about our reaction to the show overall and then because we're doing this before it airs we're going to make some predictions of what we think is going to happen in the final the season finale and of course we're right even if they don't do it our ideas will be better but we'll right see absolutely how, yeah without a doubt so let's just kind of start off that way mike you recently caught up right because you were i've been kind of hitting it pretty much right when they come out I, i'm catching them each friday i think you held off a little bit and then have probably recently binged through a few episodes is that right sort of it was more binge in the beginning so it was like the th- third week when I started watching because I really I I wanted to hold out until the end but I knew too much was going to get spoiled if I did that I prefer just because my schedule is weird it makes episodic viewing difficult for me so it's actually easier for me if I find a couple free hours to binge something so that was the plan but just there was no way to avoid the spoilers because one character in particular on this show yes I'm talking about the one played by Nick Nolte has become such fodder for memes and things like that that i didn't want anything to be spoiled so so there is one that ironically dwarfs uh the the other uh opportunities for memes out of the show but this show actually provides a lot but there's one that's kind of really taken off we'll talk a little bit about that i guess we should probably also warn people uh that there will be spoilers oh plenty uh in this discussion we'll be talking about everything that's happened up to date in the mandalorian and if you haven't have happened to have not seen rise of skywalker which if i'm understanding mike you have not yet correct so my I will keep the spoilers mild, but there are a few connections I want to kind of talk about between that movie and some events that have occurred in The Mandalorian. And that, so that's a good point, too, because I was already told that there are connections between them, even before you were saying that. So that is sort of the problem. It's, it's impossible to totally avoid Star Wars spoilers. So you do kind of just have to jump on this stuff. We had uh, another episode queued up, ready to go, and we shuffled our order to try and become the timely podcasters we know you all want us to become. So we will continue to try. Effort is there. 
So, top line reactions. What have you thought so far? Did, did, I guess let me start with going into it. Where, did you have high hopes, low hopes, or no hopes for this? So, we've discussed Star Wars a little bit before. We did the nurture and support special where you, Mel, and I uh, dissected the last movie of the current trilogy, the current core trilogy. So, I am caught up. I have seen all of the Star Wars films, except for the one that was just released, with the exception of Solo, which I honestly have zero interest in whatsoever. I will eventually watch it just because because I'm a completist that way, but I have absolutely no desire to see that movie whatsoever. So I hope it doesn't play too much into the new film. I know it's a prequel, but you know, they're they're trying to trying to make people like that movie. As I as I said at the beginning of that episode though, when we discussed the last film of the current trilogy, uh just so you know my Star Wars background, holiday special, Ewoks Battle for Endor, Phantom Menace, top three Star Wars movies, hands down. If you think differently, you are in fact wrong. <laughs> As far as the film side goes, I'm pretty well steeped in it with the exception of Solo. Not so much the Clone Wars and I a little bit into the video games and not at all into the books. So I feel like you and Mel, from what I remember, were way ahead of me in that area. I would say I'm a fan, but not as hardcore a fan as as there are out there. Probably a... a middle fan, <laughs> I guess. But my my hopes were kind of high because I knew that John Favreau was involved. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I had read, and this is where it gets tough with the spoiler stuff because I was curious about it, but also didn't want to read too much in advance because I didn't want to spoil anything. But I had read that it was sort of a, a Western and it was going to be kind of structured that way. So I was curious. I was curious and optimistic. I'll put it that way. On the Disney Plus episode, when we got into that, one of the things I mentioned that I... I really like that they've done. It is not tiered your subscription to Disney Plus the way that Hulu and Netflix are tiered for the types of content, the type of quality of video that you get. So you can watch things in 4K where they're available without paying a higher premium for that. So right off the bat, I was impressed that this was available in 4K for no additional cost. So I actually got to watch it on my 4K TV because there's not tons of content on a lot of the streaming services for that. And if when there is available, sometimes there's an additional charge related to that. So I know that's not related to the show directly, but I was impressed with that just right off the bat. And this does make good use of it. I don't know if you watched it in 4K, but visually it looks really good. Most of the effects look pretty smooth. A lot of the CG looks better than what I've seen in some theatrical movies recently. There are a few things that don't quite work, but for the most part, and for a TV show, essentially not a theatrical film, I think it looks better than a lot of the theatrical films. And I'm putting that up against most of the Star Wars canon when I say that. What was your kind of initial reaction? Well, uh, first of all, given my deep research, you know, that we do before all of these, I think I might have read on Wikipedia or something that this has been the most expensive television show to produce ever. Uh, upwards of like $7 million an episode. So, that would not surprise me at all. So they're, they're putting it, and it shows uh, in a good way, in a very good way. So I was very excited. The The concept uh, of a, a Mandalorian series was very interesting to me. They're a very interesting subset in the uh, Star Wars community. Sorry to be uber geek on this, but Boba Fett, who wore Mandalorian uniform or Mandalorian armor, uh, rather, was not actually a Mandalorian. But he was the one, obviously, that kicked up all the interest. And then in Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, you get a lot of the Mandalorian backstory. It's pretty interesting there. So Mel had read the books. I have not done the books. I think you have even more background then. But 
I had, you know, bits and pieces of it, but I came in optimistic, but also, you know, I have, I don't have the deep abiding hatred that a lot of folks have for the most recent uh, trilogy, but there are parts of it that I'm not a huge fan of. And I was hoping those weren't going to carry forward. And really this feels more like a continuation of the original trilogy than anything related to the current trilogy beyond a couple connections we'll talk about it really does i would almost and again not to the level of fandom as you and especially not as mel who's delved deeper into the books i would almost as far as you know because there's a lot of talk of retconning things what is or isn't canon i mean right off the bat the fact that boba fett's such a popular character you got your biggest dose of boba fett in the christmas special which is now not canon, I guess. I'll get into that in a second. Um, I know George Lucas doesn't consider it canon, but that's where you got the most exposure to Boba Fett, who's such a, a popular character and toy. I would almost say that this feels more canon to me at my level of fandom as far as watching the original three Lucas films. This feels like it picks up right at the end of those in a way that the spinoff films, the prequels, and even the current trilogy, and I'm not knocking the current trilogy. I don't hate it the way that people do. I have issues with it. It's way better than the prequel trilogy, though. You're kidding yourself if you're saying otherwise. But in a way that none of these movies feel connected to that this does does that make sense absolutely and i mean even timeline wise it is it picks up right after so the empire has fallen uh, after episode four and this is like okay here are the consequences when you had an empire keeping the trains running on time and now a new republic kind of coming into play and how in some of the backwater areas things aren't quite some people are still hanging on to power and all that but i hear exactly what you're saying and it's just it just really feels much more genuine star wars the vibe of the original trilogy to me than anything else that's been produced lately so it was pretty cool that way i don't think we'll go through seven episodes uh you want to pick a a scene or events or character or anything you want to kind of call out a little bit have been some of your favorites we can kind of go back and forth on that a little bit well so i would say favorite wise well before i even get into that there there is something that i i feel like we should acknowledge on some level as great i mean we're already without getting into specifics we're already kind of heaping some praise on this and it's well deserved i think that what john favreau and his team have done is great it looks amazing i'm sure it was incredibly expensive that's not a surprise to hear it's the most expensive show ever produced not at all i mean it looks better than most of the feature films in this same series all of that being said Yes, for the detractors of it. They 100% stole, blatantly stole this storyline. They did. That is something that I feel like has to be acknowledged. I'm hoping as the show progresses in other seasons they kind of move away from the lone wolf and cub thing that they blatantly blatantly stole (laughs) but beyond that loving the show so far and actually my favorite character is probably the the core title character the mandalorian himself i'm assuming it's pedro pascal we've not seen yet but (laughs) he's doing a great job who's ever who's ever in the armor is doing a great job well he does the voice so that was something i don't know if you caught bryce dallas howard directed one of the episodes And she did an uh, interview recently where she had said that Pedro Pascal was not even involved in the filming of the episode at all of the episode she directed, that it was actually the stuntman, to which Disney's replied, like, it is mostly his stuntman, who is John Wayne's grandson or great-grandson or something like that, coincidentally. So they turned what was actually sort of a critique i guess of the show a negative something she it sounded like she was saying in a negative way they they turned it into something i guess like an interesting fact this guy's related to john wayne (laughs) but he is the voice but is often not 
in the suit, apparently. Well, he's doing some fine voice work. <laughs> so, <laughs> some but... of it is him, though, because they did um, they did do an interview with John Wayne's grandson or great grandson or whoever the stuntman who does a lot of the performances. So some of it is Pedro Pascal in the suit because the stuntman talks about how he had to kind of learn his mannerisms. He's up there for me, but he's just come back in the episode. But my favorite character so far is IG-11, portrayed by... Taika Waititi, just hilarious, you know, and this whole thing is kind of an overlay, much like Star Wars was intended to be a Western in space, they doubled down on on Western in space for uh, Mandalorian, and IG-11 is the uh, gunslinger that's coming in to kind of go after the lone wolf and create some problems there, but the scenes of them fighting and him, you know, saying is it time? Now it's time for me to self-destruct, and the Mandalorian having to continue to talk him out of it, and then reappearing now because that particular uh, series of robots, the IG series, IG eighty-eight, uh, was a bounty hunter droid back from the Empire Strikes Back. So they t- and they've been in- featured heavily in video games as well. So they're they're a, a nasty kind of droid to deal with, and I just thought the character was hilarious, and what they've done here is inter- interesting. And when it comes to predictions, I'll have a few more things to say about IG-11. That's a great choice because watching the first episode when IG-11's introduced, I was like, okay, this is going to be his sidekick character. And the whole self-destruct thing was hilarious to going back and forth with that. So I felt like, all right, we've set up. This is this is what it's going to be. He's going to be a sidekick to him, like partners. I mean, I already knew from the memes where the episode was going to end. <laughs> so again, the why I had to start watching it because so much would be spoiled. But I was like, all right, so they're going to partner up. This is going to... So when he shoots IG-11 at the end of the episode, I really enjoyed that because I felt like, okay, I already knew the the big character reveal, the big toy that was going to come from the show. But I was like, IG-11 is a great one too because I could see toys of him. I can see, you know, cool one-liners like the self-destruct thing. And I was like, all right, he's going to be a great character to kind of follow throughout this series and watch and develop. Then he kills him. <laughs> so I thought that was a great sort of twist on it. Do we need to talk a little bit more about the merchandising opportunity here? <laughs> so one of my favorite memes was, and obviously there's there's a billion of them around the character I assume you're talking about, but my favorite was, it's a, it was a Funko executives watching the first episode of The Mandalorian. So at first they're like straight faced and then it shows them like smiling and nodding their heads. And then it says end of the episode and you see these huge grins on their faces. <laughs> and the merch is out already rolling out big time. Uh, it was fairly interesting. So Werner Herzog, who plays the client in episode seven, and I'm not going to get the line right. I tried to find it before we came on tonight, but I couldn't find it. But he's this, you know, he's a former Imperial big wig. And he's been the main interface to the uh, the Mandalorian on this uh, task to bring the uh, bring Baby Yoda to to him. So they come back, and he's like, "Show me the baby." <laughs> and it was just, it was so creepy, funny, whatever. It's just coming out of this guy's mouth. Uh, we'll be very quiet. <laughs> These kinds of things. Uh, it was just just hilarious. So that's a puppet. I mean, they're using primarily a puppet for all of the Baby Yoda scenes. And there was heavy consideration of doing that character as an all CGI. And he just went after them hard about, you, you can't do that. I love this puppet. I think it's great. And uh, so I thought that was that was kind of cool. And I do think... You know, with Yoda, they went back and forth. The original Yoda was a puppet. Uh, as you went into the prequel series, the first episode one originally had him as a as a puppet again, and they went CGI for uh, episode two, and then they retconned back, I think, to episode one and took the puppet out and put in CGI there, and they've basically yes. done CGI yeah. Yoda 
from here on out. And I guess if you're lightsaber fighting and stuff, you got really no choice but to do that. But given the fact that this particular little fellow is not super mobile, you can pull the puppet thing off pretty easy. I think it works really well. And I don't know if we need to go into fact, yes, I know he's not, well, I'm pretty confident he's not Yoda's baby. But since Lucas never gave the species a name and he's a little Yoda, he's baby Yoda to me and about everyone else in the universe, except for certain yeah. diehard <laughs> Star Wars fans. So there was, and I had this conversation with somebody. So there is, because I had to fact check myself, I thought I had seen a female of Yoda's species in the prequel trilogy and i was correct there is a female introduced so could be yoda's baby yeah yeah yaddle <laughs> in episode one yeah. yaddle was there yeah so she was wasn't a looker in my opinion you know <laughs> i mean <laughs> i feel like once again body shaming from kelly not from me just throwing that out there <laughs> yeah as i started to say i said here we go again oh well but you know in <laughs> my humble opinion not a looker but yeah. i'm not saying she's my type sure but, I mean, you, you shouldn't put people down or puppets or CGI creatures. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, but we don't, we don't know what their, their method of procreation is, though. And I, I, I don't want to know. I really don't. I mean. <laughs> Not interested. Yoda Triple X, the sex team. <laughs> oh, um, yuck. <laughs> so I've seen a few people suggest that they come from eggs or things like that. If it's going to be. So my my takeaway, I don't know if this is intended to be Yoda's child or grandson or nephew or somehow related to Yoda. That would make sense to me if baby Yoda somehow related to Yoda because of the abilities that you see him sort of express. So I, my thing would be w that I wouldn't be surprised if, if baby Yoda is somehow related to Yoda. Yeah, we have to wait for the sex tape. <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to wait a long time for that. I mean, but because we know so little about the species, it could be, and they're apparently incredibly rare. There's only been three appearances in any anything so far, Yoda Yaddle and uh, Baby Yoda, uh, and they've all had, you know, I'm assuming Yaddle was part of the Jedi Council, so she was probably no slouch either. Uh, so is this particular species just oversampling on Force uh, capabilities, or is there more of a lineage thing? And I don't think we'll get those answers uh, in the final episode of this season, but we'll see. He's cute. <laughs> He's funny. The, the interplay between him and the Mandalorian uh, is great in, in a lot of ways. And some folks have done some amazing things with it where he's playing, you know, he, originally he was playing with the, kind of took a knob off uh, one of the levers and was playing with it. And that was kind of a big thing for a while. But then there was a period where he was reaching over and pressing buttons and the Mandalorian was shutting them off on the other side and et cetera. And someone did this fantastic, like 10 minute long video of Baby Yoda changing the radio station and all sorts of songs coming through. It's just hilarious. And if I can... I've not seen that. I, I need can, to watch that. If I can find it, I'll throw it in the blog post as well. It shouldn't be too hard. I think it's it's pretty cool. But there are tons, you know, you've got in terms of the, you know, we mentioned the meme. Obviously, Baby, Baby Yoda owns the meme market. Now it's all over the place. But, you know, you've got... I have spoken from, from Nick Nolte's character. You have This Is The Way from the Mandalorians, all of those things have gotten some play, but all of them totally eclipsed by the waves and waves of Baby Yoda memes. Yeah, absolutely. And what I like about Baby Yoda, I understand this is Star Wars. They're trying to appeal to a wide audience and also sell toys to both kids and collector adults. So I get it. So I understand that characters like this are going to happen. I know that going into it. You're going to have a, a toy 
geared character. I don't, I don't know what other terminology to use for that. <laughs> so I understand that that's, that's going to happen every time something Star Wars comes out. This may be one of the best implementations of a narrative ca- character put into a narrative structure to sell toys because it, not only does he work great in the storyline, it's great that it is largely a puppet. You can see, you can tell when they switch to CGI or augment it with CGI versus when it's just the puppet. Again, though, I don't mind that. I, I had seen the same things with Werner Herzog, who I'm pretty sure was nothing against him. I'm actually a fan of his work, but I, I'm pretty sure he was hired to sound foreign and scary. So <laughs> that's, you know, he's doing his job really well. Yep. Um, and, and there are a lot of... that. Just to go off on, it's not really a tangent, but just to comment on, there are a lot of big name actors who make appearances throughout this first season of the show. For the most part, didn't find that distracting, which which I think is really just commentary. Not only are they all really talented, but how well the show is made and put together that you don't get that feeling of this is a cameo now. Like, I don't know if you're a Twin Peaks fan at all. Uh, original or... Uh second round all of it so second round is what i was going to comment on okay uh not not super familiar with second round so with second round it really just becomes they're the critics of the show what they what they were most critical of is true but it's also i think what a lot of people liked about the show it's basically kyle mclaughlin being in a david lynch film and then a parade of celebrity cameos like literally like five an episode <laughs> just who never pop up again or have little or any bearing on the storyline who are just there to be there. And I felt like that's what this could have become. And I'm not even saying it was a negative thing. I didn't mind it in Twin Peaks because it just was a part of the show when you watch it. But this could have become one of those things because there is a fair amount of big names who pop up in this. But it's not distracting. It doesn't feel like, hey, look at me making a cameo. The only one, weirdly, that I had that with was um, Brian Posehn in the first episode. And I got a little bit worried about that because when he popped up, I was like, this is totally unnecessary. This is what this show is going to turn into. And it didn't. His was the only, and it's nothing against him. I like him. But his was like, look at me. I got a cameo in Star Wars. Did you feel that way about the cameos? Not really, because I think it's pretty tight storyline and the fact that they've worked in a fantastic merchandising opportunity in a way that's actually meaningful to the narrative is, as you mentioned, is incredibly well played. So I'm I'm not opposed to some of the folks that, that kind of pop in because you had, and gosh, I cannot remember the actress's name, but she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh gosh, I can't remember her name now. But uh, she, I mean, she was a one, you know, she was shown in the trailers and you assume she was going to be a big part of it. And then she was gone in an episode. So it didn't really concern me because every time they've shown up, they've been handled well. So it I, it's not really been a, been a concern of mine in that respect. I did feel in this arc as we're coming up, you know, we, our sample size is small, eight episodes. First three episodes, crazy strong. I do kind of feel as we kind of went kind of four and five got pretty, it was kind of the same storyline and different characters. So there wasn't really a whole lot of story wasn't moving forward. It was, he's on the run. They need to hide. Interesting things happen. You have cool set pieces. But obviously, as we got to episode seven, things picked up. Yes, absolutely. And did you did you want to get to that and our sort of predictions on where this is going to go? Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be a good a good thing to to do next here. So so it took you know Gus Fring was took Gus a long time to get out of Albuquerque to to get to the to the planet that they're at now, but he finally has shown up. And, and by the way, this was a good time for me to interject with him. And Bill Burr both showing up. As far as I'm concerned, this is part of the Breaking Bad universe now as well. 
It's a it's a clear extension of that. <laughs> yeah, this is all canon. Breaking Bad and Star Wars shared universe. Yeah, we just need Huel. <laughs> we need Huel in here somewhere. So another another actor that was heavily featured in the uh, promotional materials that hasn't shown up until episode seven and the tail end of that. And I would love to, and I'm sure someone's going to do it, if they can kind of take the kind of Gus Fring when he's got Walt out in the desert, he's going to, and I will kill your infant child, uh, to kind of take that voice track and apply it over to a grand moff Gus Fring <laughs> who uh, is there now. I think that would be a pretty cool combination. So internet, get on that. That would be awesome. Thank you. Too much work for me. I think, you know, they played up the, one of the very consistent themes they played up through the whole thing was the Mandalorian's great disdain and distaste for droids, possibly because battle droids killed his parents, which could give, be a fair reason to have a grudge. So, and he was super worried when IG-11 showed up, but Nick Nolte's character kind of said, I've reprogrammed him, and they're kind of doing a bit of the storyline about what you put in is what you get out. So I think it doesn't look good for the crew right now because they are seriously outnumbered and outgunned, but somehow I think IG-11 is going to come in and get them out of the current jam they're in, starting a slow turn of the Mandalorian saying, well, maybe not all droids are bad. And so I think he plays a, a role and that's that's my what I'm most confident on is that IG11 is going to play a significant role in getting them out of the, the jam they're in. My long shot is you know he didn't kill Bill Burr and his cast of jerks <laughs> that uh, on that one episode he put them all in a cell, and I kind of wonder if they're going to come back into play at all. That's more of a long shot for me, and I don't know how they would know what the situation was to do it, but I'm putting most of my, my money on IG-11 is going to play a very big role in this last episode. I agree with that. I think we're going to see IG-11 get them out. I also don't think it's out of the realm of possibility they'll still team up with IG-11 kind of becoming a part of the core team like I had initially thought it was going to be in the first episode. Um, I could also see him bail them out somehow and then still turn bad on them. I can see that being a thing. I do think Bill Burr and Clancy Brown's crew will come back into play. Otherwise, there was no reason to keep them alive in the cell unless you intended to bring those characters back at some point because he's it's not sparing their lives. You've seen him kill throughout the entire series. So he's killed many, many background red shirt characters. There was no reason to keep them alive other than to bring those characters back into play at some point. I don't know if it'll be the next episode. Maybe it'll be in season two, but I 100% feel like they're coming back. Yep. Either that or they all die and it was a run, run, one season run. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and Gus Fring gets Baby Yoda, makes him cook meth for him. And <laughs> it all happens again. The universe is cyclical. I was surprised Nick Nolte's character died. I, I presume is dead. Is uh, that how you get it? I'm presuming he's dead. I mean, now, may, now maybe again, I you know, depends how much of a hero turn. If it's the IG11 hero turn, does he not only bring Nick Nolte back from the dead, <laughs> but then go save the matter? <laughs> he he might do. He, he might be a droid messiah. Who knows? <laughs> so we'll have to see. Well, and, and then you get into though, could Baby Yoda bring him back or heal him if he's just on the brink of death, but not quite there yet. So funny you should mention that because, uh, and this is the minor spoiler for you uh, regarding Rise of Skywalker. So we're getting some new force powers demonstrated in different areas and healing occurred in episode seven where baby, because baby Yoda tried in the, in an earlier episode where the Mandalorian was injured 
to to heal him and he brushed him off but this time he was actually able to go over to Carl Weathers character Grief Karga and kind of lay hands on him and apparently pull the poison out and actually heal the wounds that are there a similar use of the force occurs in Rise of Skywalker where there's a, a major healing that occurs and maybe even pulling somebody back you know, so does the force have that level of power? So yeah, baby Yoda might bail out. Uh, it's, it's a shame too, because the, the Nick Nolte character has been kind of one of the fun. I mean, they've all, they're basically every kind of quasi significant character they've introduced, whether it's Cara Dune, kind of the, the Mandalorians. Um, she's, I think what I call a shock trooper, uh, played by Gina uh, Carino, who's a former MMA fighter. She's been a great character. Nick Colt, Nick Nolte's character was great. Where Herzog's character was great, and obviously IG Eleven was fantastic. So they've had a lot of really cool characters there. But yeah, I could I could see Baby Yoda playing a big piece, maybe in pulling him back. But I think it's IG Eleven doing most of it, and maybe Baby Yoda with an assist. I could see that, or you know, maybe they do just have the character die. I mean, they have. Killed mostly insignificant background characters, but a lot of people die throughout the course of the show, which is why going back to Bill Burr and his his crew being locked up, they have to intend to bring them back in some capacity. Otherwise, he would just kill them. So I'm going to throw something out there. Not that I think this will happen, but a crazy scenario. What if they do have Baby Yoda die? <laughs> what would that just anger all the Star Wars fans out there? What if? Baby Yoda's dead. So when you saw him face down in the dirt and the stormtrooper scoops him up, Baby Yoda's dead. Episode eight starts with an alien autopsy type thing. They're doing the Y incision, peeling back his little green skin, cracking open his chest, poking at his organs. Baby Yoda's dead. Then the show takes a much darker turn and becomes the Mandalorian avenging Baby Yoda, leaving a a path of smoldering destruction in his wake. Well, that's a cheery thought. (laughs) I mean, they 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 can you know commemorative merchandise. <laughs> they could probably still. I think they've. I think the merchandising trains run far enough that they could go. <laughs> you know, if he's done his job. Yeah, that would be that would be a huge twist. And uh, I'm concerned for the well being of anyone associated with this show if that happens because the the vitriol that came out on Twitter. When Bill Burr just dropped Baby Yoda, <laughs> you right. know, all, all he did was <laughs> drop him. It was like people were like uh uh <laughs> that that you don't do that. People, I'm a longtime Bill Burr fan. I'll never watch him again. <laughs> you know all this kind of stuff. And <laughs> it was just like wow. So I think there's a certain core Baby Yoda fandom that would go out of their minds if that happened. I think that's like great writing, Mike. I guess it would be a really cool twist. <laughs> But Dead again, baby Yoda. Yeah, again, for the for the listeners out there, Mike's the one that wants to kill Baby Yoda. I'm not in favor of killing Baby Yoda. <laughs> Come on, you wouldn't buy an R.I.P. Baby Yoda T-shirt. They're going to give the R.I.P. Booty Dust shirts a run for their money. It uh, it could be uh, we'll have to think about that. I'm gonna have to think about a good T-shirt for that. But yeah, I could I could do an R.I.P. Ellen John will re-record "Candle in the Wind" one more time. <laughs> yes, that yes for Baby Yoda would be it'd be a touching touching song from there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, another thing that I've seen. Oh, boy. <laughs> Goody. <laughs> to stick with the darker themes. So that was my own little thing there. But something I have seen proposed on a few sites now after episode seven that I do think could be interesting. 
what if Baby Yoda has a dark side to him? And that's why, I mean, Werner Herzog was fine with just killing him so that his power wouldn't fall into his enemy's hands. But what if, you know, the remnants of the Empire that still want him want to use him for their nefar use his power for their nefarious deeds? He is still a child. I know he's 50 years old in the continuity, but is still a child. What if they start trying to use him for their evil purposes? And the rules have never been written down strictly, but it seems like light side Jedi uh, have the ability to do the kind of these are not the droids you're looking for kind of stuff. Great athleticism and apparently healing now. So those are all there. Dark side um, has the ability to do the force choke. Uh, right, which is what the sites I've seen this on are basing this on yeah, their so theory on. Is he a little bit of both is maybe maybe the question there. To, to see but yeah it, so it was a little surprising to see if he's all light side no guarantee that healing's only a light side thing but you've never seen a sith do that uh you've also never seen a sith do the these are not the droids you're looking for kind of deal you've never seen a jedi with lightning coming out of their fingers either or force choking we'll have to see but yeah i, I think that could be because that the merchandising can still flow <laughs> if maybe yoda just turns into be bad but i think again people are going to have a really hard time uh, well, I, so I, unlike those sites, I don't think they're going to go with Baby Yoda's pure evil <laughs> and he's got a little Darth Vader helmet on, although they'd probably sell a lot of that toy. That would be pretty um, awesome. Yeah, a little Sith helmet on Baby Yoda. <laughs> totally buy that. I, I, would, I would absolutely buy that. But I, I think it's going to be more, are they setting up a plot line where you have two different sides and they're tug of war for Baby Yoda where he's, I mean... As we as is already established, but is it for who could wield his power either for good or evil? Because it could go either way. Because he is still young and impressionable. You're you're a fantastic writer, Mike. These are all excellent ideas. You need to be sending <laughs> sending these in to to John so he can kind of take notes on these. These are good. Yeah, I think that could be that could be kind of an interesting uh, twist on that because they do kind of wonder. They can't obviously continue this i'm on the run with baby yoda storyline for an entire second season you've got to bring some of the stuff to close but the only way you're going to bring it to close is to shut down gus fring's operation uh and that seems they seem to be pretty well healed uh because all the original stormtroopers and biker troopers and all the folks you saw apparently uh you don't get to clean your your uniform (laughs) your armor uh if you're not with uh with the cool guys because everybody that showed up with Gus was in the nice pristine white stormtrooper uh, outfits and all that. So yeah, we're going to have to see where some of that goes, but yeah, I'm excited. You assume he's going to get out. <laughs> I think, you know, I think IG 11 the kind of logical choice for that kind of touches some notes on earlier hits. Baby Yoda could play an interesting role, but maybe his helping also raises concerns how he helps, uh, you know, cause might get ugly who knows definitely oh and one other thing to kind of tack on i had read this i did zero fact checking into this so i don't know if this is true that some of the stormtroopers in the early scenes are played by cosplayers i think we'll declare that true you know I just think we'll just... <laughs> apparently no apparently there's a well-known cosplay troop that they reached out to as a way of like getting fans involved and to build up the hype around the series did zero fact checking into yeah. that but it was on a couple of sites so it was reported on more than one place that'd make a lot of sense because there's this 501 group it's kind of across the country that that are cosplayers that that really go uh, all in on the uh, the stormtrooper stuff I and, believe it was them that was yeah, the subject of the article. That would be save them a little bit of that. <laughs> you know, they can spend their seven million on more CGI because the people will come with their own uniforms. So that'd be all right. 
All right, so we have recorded this well in advance of the release. So if Baby Yoda, so when you see Baby Yoda's little chest being broken open, <laughs> as Mike wants, you know, again, this, this is the Mike how he wants it to go. Baby Yoda dies. Mike's happy, and he was right. IG Eleven plays a big role. Not super clever thinking on my part, but at least we kind of maybe called that a little bit in advance. But the nice part too is it may be something else that's completely different. I can't imagine all the Mandalorians show up again. Again, just the logistics of them knowing, ah, it's a good time for us to be there. It would be a little too convenient. So I think IG-11 is the dude. We'll see. So we'll be interested to see how we do. Would love to hear from folks in the comments. Click that subscribe button and then go down to the comments and let us know what you've thought about this first season, what you'd like to see in the future. Any advice you'd want to give Mike and his desire to have Baby Yoda killed off so we can kind of <laughs> help him. On that. I also equally want to see Sith Baby Yoda. <laughs> I, li- I like Darth Yoda. I like or Darth Baby. Baby Darth? Baby Vader. Baby Vader, that's what it is. That would be sweet. At least he needs to wear like part of the helmet. I think that him with cool. just the helmet on and a little red lightsaber. Come on. And on that heartwarming note, uh, we'll wrap it up for this week. Appreciate everybody for listening. Do hope you like and subscribe, and we'll catch you again next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. Baby Yoda's dead. Uh, 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 uh,